My name is Cade Killo. In the studio today with me is Noah Horn, my co-host, and welcome to another episode of the Presidential Suite Podcast. I'm excited to be here, Cade. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It feels good to be back in the studio. It's been a little over a week. We just finished our first week of school. It's been busy. It's been fun. But Noah, it's not just me and you in the studio today. We... Oh have a special guest we got another dog with us hey this man right here maybe one of the funniest people i've ever met introducing to the show first time in the studio first time on the radio kaden mathis kaden how you doing uh, i'm doing great and it's definitely an honor to be here in the presidential suite with you guys hey <laughs> that's what we like to hear that's what we like to hear this is episode four well, it's been a week and a half. We did, uh, like, last Wednesday, huh? Something like that. I don't remember. We, been... we didn't do it last week because we had the first week of school. It was crazy. Or this week. Yeah. That's what this week because it's Saturday. It is. It's Saturday. How's uh, how's the first week of school for you guys? Noah? Uh, it was good. I got one online class due to COVID. I got two hybrid classes due to COVID. Uh, then I got two regular classes where we're just really spread out. But, yeah, you know, masks on, uh, socially distant. It's been fine. Yeah, it's been good uh, for me. It's been it's been fairly normal. Yeah, it's it's been pretty much the same for me. We just got a mask on. Fairly normal life here at LCU with a mask on, socially distant when we sit, um, yeah. and we and we try to social distance uh, when we're standing. Yeah, sometimes it works better than other times. Exactly, but. Uh, LCU has done a good job, in my opinion, of uh, being able to set up school in a way that we can be safe and at the same time still still be somewhat normal. Caden, how was your first week? Uh, it was pretty good, you know, uh, just getting back to school, getting back into a routine. That's what I've been looking forward to all summer. Uh, but yeah, just in the classes, got five classes, 15 hours, so kind of middle of the road, not too terrible, but not too easy at the same time. Uh, yeah, just socially distance. Like I said, masks on. I fidget with my mask all the time, trying to break that habit. But uh, other than that, it's been fun. Been good to be back. I've enjoyed uh, the the first week, and I think that something that that our administration here at LCU and that the the students hopefully um, take hold of is that we don't want the masks and the coronavirus to be the story set for this year. We, we know that it's going to be part of it and it's going to be something that has to happen and we have to have to do it that way. But we want to we want to create a different story to go along for this year and we want growth to come out of it. And uh, I think I'm excited looking looking forward to the rest of the year. I think it's on the I think it's on track for that to happen. I think it's going to be a positive year still. Uh, lots of differences. But I mean, it's up to us to, to find the positives in the time that we're in. And I feel like We've grabbed hold of that so far as an LCU community, and I'm excited for the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah. So, if you're out there and you're not wearing a mask or you think it's dumb. Put one on. Put one on. 
put one on. <laughs> it's, gonna, it's not only going to help you, it's going to help others. And that's really what matters. Yeah, like my grandparents. We want to help others. We all have grandparents out there. We all have, we all have older people that we love and we want to keep them safe. That's what all this is about. Last night, the world got some very shocking news. I was shocked. Chadwick Boseman, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman, passed away uh, yesterday at the age of 43 due to after a, a four-year long fight with colon cancer. Um, I was actually, me and Caden were at a concert together last night, and it was in between acts, and I just pull up to it, and the first tweet is uh, that, and I, I mean, my mind was just blown. I had no idea. Uh, what, Caden, what are your thoughts? I mean, I I said this last night. I don't think there's a person that could say that they dislike that guy. You know, like he's just a great actor on the come up. And he's just constantly getting better and constantly getting more movie roles and sign- more significance in, in just society, honestly. So, yeah, it's just definitely hard to hear for like a, a public figure like that to pass away. No. Yeah, it's definitely a shot, especially the importance of so many roles that he played. I know he was in... Uh, he was in uh, 42, the Jackie Robinson movie. I believe he was in the Thurgood Marshall movie. He was in most recently, or wait, no. What was he in most recently? I can't um, it was that Netflix movie that Spike Lee did. I believe it was called uh, The Five Bloods. I don't remember what that was about. I didn't ever see it. But he's, anyways, he's played some very important and impactful roles for yeah. our society, especially uh, in the climate of today's world. Those mm-hmm. are very important roles, very important movies uh, that that really just show equality and and we need as much of that as possible in today's world. And so, yeah, like Caden said, there's not a dude out there that dislikes him. And and uh, and just like Noah said, in the climate that we're in today, he played a very important role. I was watching uh, um, some videos last night that he had done over the years, and while he was battling cancer, he did a ton of work with kids also battling cancer, mm-hmm. um, traveling around, uh, you know, they get to meet the Black Panther and just how awesome that is. I heard him get very emotional over, um, uh, he, he was meeting with some terminally ill uh, kids as he, as he did pretty normally. And they, they were kept talking about how they're just trying to hold out until they can see Black Panther until that movie had come out. And uh, because of the relationship that, that he had built with them, um, I also heard a lot of uh, um, a lot of African American women talking about how proud of and how grateful they are for him because their sons and their kids get to grow up and watch uh, a movie like The Black Panther, a movie like Forty Two, and they get to see someone who looks like them up on the screen and and just w- what a spectacular role model he's been, mm-hmm. and not only for the black community but for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and another thing that just that just kind of bugs me is that I don't feel like he was at the pinnacle of his career yet. I think that he yeah. was on he was trending upward, um, and it's just tough when you see somebody die, um, any any type of way, but especially young, yeah, um, and and too soon. And I, I mean, honestly, I was surprised to see that he was forty three. I thought he was much younger than that. I did too. I did too. That dude has aged well. So he's aged very well. It's funny. Uh, Jimmy Fallon was did, did a segment with him a while back um, when Black Panther was was premiering in the movie theaters and stuff like that. And they had a like a, a curtain and they were said they told these people off the streets that they were filming uh, like a video to kind of show Chadwick and encourage him and stuff like that. 
but Chadwick was behind the curtain. And so the dude was, he was like, Hey, well, I really love black Panther and it was great, but I took my wife to go see it. And, uh, when you took your shirt off, you had her acting up and, uh, you know, I just would appreciate if you kept your shirt on more. And, and, <laughs> and so, uh, you know, sense of humor, uh, like Noah said, did age very, very well. I didn't realize this until I just recently rewatched it. Uh, he was in draft day. Did you guys ever watch that with uh, Kevin Costner? And he was like the GM of the Browns. And it was like a completely um, unrealistic movie, but it was it was a fun watch. I don't think I ever saw it. Can't say that I have, no. It basically followed Kevin Costner around um, as he's the GM of the Browns during uh, the couple days prior and, and leading up to the draft and during the draft. And it was very interesting. Who, when was it set? Because there's a couple um, different movies about the Cleveland Browns popping into my head right now. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was. <clears throat> excuse me. It was set. Um, I mean, 2015, like modern times. Okay. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm trying to see here. Let me look it up real quick. Because some of the movies I was thinking of, I was thinking of the Ernie Davis movie, uh, back when Jim Brown was on the Browns. So that would have been a long time ago. I can't remember what that was called. <laughs> yeah, this movie came out in 2014. And okay, uh, cool. I think was set in modern day or close to it. Um, but he was he played a uh, outside linebacker prospect in that in that movie, and I had completely forgotten that he had done that until uh, recently. Interesting. Um, Caden, me and you went to our first coronavirus socially distant concert last night, and I got to say I felt like the the vibes were weird. It was weird. There was a lot. Everybody had their lawn chairs out. We were all spread out. It looked like there was a million people there when in all reality, there's probably around 3,000 uh, just because everything was so spread out. Caden, how'd you feel about last night? Uh, I had a great time last night, you know, just getting to listen to Co Wetzel again. It wasn't quite the like head banging concert, like if you were just packed up close to the stage, like uh, most of them would be. But it was a good time, you know, getting to listen to some of his music. Uh, still wish we would have brought our chairs. But, yeah, my legs are feeling it this morning. <laughs> Did y'all stand the whole time? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so when we were driving by, we were kind of looking into the crowd, and, and we parked a, at least a mile away. It yeah, was it was easily. a long walk, but um, it didn't look like people were sitting. It looked like everybody was standing. And so if everybody's standing, you don't want to have your chairs, and then you can't see. So we are like, all right, we'll leave the chairs. We left it to a coin flip. I, um, I said, hey, Siri, flip a coin. And she flipped wrong. And uh, she, she did. Sorry. All right. <laughs> Siri's listening. Siri's listening. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, so we didn't take our chair, so we wound up standing the whole time. I had a great time. The vibes were off, though. It was a little different. But, I mean, I would rather go to a weirder concert like that than, than not get to. That's something that I've missed during uh, the coronavirus time. Have you guys ever been? So it was at Cook's Garage, and it was uh, outside in the the area that they have for Cook's. Have you guys ever been? To a concert outside in Cooks before at Cooks, yeah, I went to one. Do they sh- shoot off fireworks at the end of every show? Did they? Did they at yours? The one that you went to? The only one I've been to that was outside. Uh, I left during the last song to get out before the traffic got crazy. Yeah, and so I'm not sure. Yeah, so I uh, so they fired off. I mean, it was it was a cool little fireworks show at the at. Uh, the end of Co's last song, February twenty eighth, and Classic. it was uh, it was really cool. I, after the fireworks were done, I looked at Caden. I said, "Man, fireworks will never get old. I don't care how old I get. Did, I still have that 
that glow of like like I'm seeing him for the first time <laughs> over bliss. again. Did Kel play his two new singles? He did. He did. He played his two new singles, uh, Country and, Country and Western. Western. Sunday or Monday. And Sunday or Monday. And he did. Uh, did he come out to Sunday or Monday? Or was that? He Yeah. yeah that's what I thought. Yeah. He came out to Sunday or Monday. What was that like? What was that like? It was, it was awesome. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, you know, say what you want about those songs. They're, they're great concert songs, you know? Yeah. Regardless of if you really like the lyrics or because they really are seem like they're almost about nothing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, man, they're just fun to listen to and fun to just sing. Because I think every time I've seen Ko, he's come out to he's come out to forever since Harold Saw High has been out. And then before that, I can't remember what he used to come out to. Do you remember, Caden? Uh, I've only been to two or three co-concerts he might have come out to something to talk about that sounds right that was the second time i'd seen co but the first time i seen him was at jab fest when this last last year year. and we missed probably the first three or four songs that he did so i couldn't i couldn't tell you what he came out to um i forgot about that yeah i don't know what he came out to that time i imagine it was forever no because we heard forever i have a video of it yeah in the crowd i didn't get to see co that night so that was (laughs) (laughs) that was fun that was was a fun night you want to walk you want to walk us through that night? i do not (laughs) (laughs) this caden was texting all of us that night hey drop me a pin drop me a pin i can't tell you how many times i tried to drop him a pin the service was just lacking that night i mean there were ten thousand people there yeah what do you expect Man. And we were in the middle of the mosh pit. <laughs> yeah, in the middle of the crowd. There's no chance that was going through. I did finally find a parking spot when Co was going out, and I did not get there until Parker had already sang three or four songs. So that was... Your voice okay, Mathis? Yeah, I got a little phlegm. Flint? It's not COVID. We're fine. <laughs> <laughs> a little nervy. A little nervy. Uh, <laughs> hey, breaking news last night. Cole Wetzel said he finished his new album. You're kidding. Yesterday. He said wow. he finished it yesterday morning, and he said it should be out sometime around October. Really? Yes. Maybe he drops that thing right before Jab Fest. I, okay, so while we're talking about Jab Fest, I looked it up yesterday. Did you? For those of you who don't know what Jab Fest is, it's Josh Abbott Band Festival. Uh, Josh Abbott graduated from Texas Tech University, so he has a big country music festival every year in Lubbock, Texas. It's usually the weekend before or after Labor It's the weekend after Labor Day, right? Does that sound right? Yeah. Um, anyways, I looked at it, and today or yesterday, it said it was in October this year. Interesting. Yeah, and it's but it said dates are undecided due to COVID nineteen. So we'll see if that happens. But it's been moved back a month already. Tickets, uh, if it does happen in October, tickets will be very expensive. They will be that, yeah, because they will sell less. Yeah. So they will have to charge more. I wonder how much they'll charge. Let's see. Was it? It was, was fi- it 50, fifty for, for two-day pass. Two-day pass. So thirty then, for was one it day. thirty for one? Yeah. So easily hundred bucks for the two-day pass, probably. That'd be brutal. I guess. Did they have anybody on the lineup yet? No. Makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, we'll see what happens with it. Well, last night when Co was announcing um, that his that his album was coming decently quick, he had tweeted out a couple weeks ago, maybe one week ago. He said, "Hey, Lubbock, I got a song for y'all." And the song is actually called Lubbock. Wow. Yeah. Did he play it last night? He played it he for did us. Indeed, yeah. Uh, it was tough to understand necessarily what he was saying. Something about a weekend trip to Lubbock. Yeah, coming to Lubbock for the weekend. So coming to Lubbock for the weekend. We're very excited to hear. Um, <laughs> Me too, no. That's going to be fire. Yeah, very excited to hear that song. Me. Even if it's terrible, it's going to be fire. Exactly. Exactly. Um, 
Yeah. And it was crazy. Cole last night was talking about five years ago, I think like to the date, he said almost was his first show at the Blue Light here in oh, Lubbock, cool. Texas. Also, he said there was 10 people in that crowd. Wow. Five years ago. And now there was, I mean, there's at least three, 4,000 people yeah. there last night at a socially distanced concert. Yeah. And I mean, just congrats to him for all that. Yeah. And for those for those skeptical of the statement Kate just made, three or 4,000 people socially distant at one concert. Go out to Cook's Garage, humongous venue. Yes. Very easily could hold probably 10, 15,000. Yeah, oh, e- easily could have been doubled and yes. it would have been fine. Yeah, so um, for those skeptics out there, there you go. It was socially distant. Yeah, I'd forgot that uh, it was going to be in the field. Yeah. Because I'd been into it. Well, it's, it's a whole field. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, like, it, it's farmland. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. And they, they just convert it when they need to, but... Yeah. Uh, I forgot that it was going to be in the field because I pre-COVID and been to a concert inside of Cook's Garage. Yes. Great concert. Um, so I wore my white shoes. Ooh. And let me tell you, man, I'm paying the price for that today. Are they still white? Kind, nope. They're cream. <laughs> cream? They're a little off-white. Yeah. A little off-white. I'm going to get some cleaner nice. and scrub those babies down. But it was a big rip on my part. I think the last concert I have went to was actually at Cook's Garage. It was Reed South Hall. Probably mm. in man, that was February. Yeah, March, early March, pre-COVID March. I'm not sure. Yeah, when, when did we get shut down? Spring break. Spring break. Yeah, I think 13. So it's probably. I would say it was probably. It might have even been January. January. Yeah. yeah. But uh, and that's a yeah, long and you time. snuck. You snuck backstage. No. During okay. That one. Okay. Hold on. Before I get banned from Cook's Garage. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. It's not that I snuck in. I purchased a ticket, and I went inside early. And I was planning to get... uh, The concert was supposed to start at 7, so I got there at 6.30. But I did not look at the website. The concert had been moved back to 7.30. So I was now an hour early, and nobody was there. And so I talked to the people at the gate. I said, hey, I've got the wristband that says I'm in. Can I come back in if I leave? And they said yes. So I go out, just go sit in the car, because I don't want to just... Uh, I mean, it's a drive out there, so if you were to drive back, you would drive back, turn around. Yes, and then so I just back. went and sat in the car because I didn't just want to stand up the entire time. And uh, then probably 45 minutes past, the line's starting to get decently long now. So I'm like, all right, I'll just go stand back in line and just wait till I get back to the front and be like, hey, guys, I have my wristband. I get to the front and they say, oh, we're not letting anybody back in. And I said, but there's that lady that I talked to. She's right back there. Can can you have her come over here? Because she told me I could come back in. And they said, no, we're not letting anybody back in. I was like, you're kidding me. <laughs> it's like, I paid for this, showed up, whatever. And so then uh, I was there with a buddy, and we see one of the back doors open just a little bit, and that's where the artists enter. And so yeah. I walk over there. His One of his bodyguards is there, or I guess bodyguard, security, whatever. And so we walk by, we see security, and we're like, hey, we got our wristbands. He's like, cool, go on in. And we nice. just walk. It's not like we went back. We didn't go backstage. Right. It was just the back door where you walk beside the stage. Yeah. And then so we just were right back where we were. And to get in the back door. Hey, we saw our friend uh, Price Cooper. I also saw Price Cooper when I was there. Yeah. <laughs> I saw him last night, and I'm going to look up his. Uh, he's been playing in a band recently. Yeah. And they just dropped their first song. Really? On uh, iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify. What's it uh, called? It's called Burning Bridges. 
and the artist is uh, Loop Kepke and the Bad Habits. Nice. So shout out to them. Go give them a listen. I actually have not had a chance to listen to it yet, but it is on my country playlist. How do you spell Kepke? Uh, C-O-E-P-K-E. Interesting. I don't even know if I said that right. I'm going to be real honest with you. How do you spell it? C-O-E. Yeah. P-K-E. And it's Luke? Luke. Like the normal spelling. Yeah, I'm not finding it. And the bad habits. Okay. I guess we'll have to find it later. Yeah, we'll find it later. But yeah, go go give those <laughs> go give those guys a listen. It's definitely on Spotify because I have it. Nice. Um, maybe not on Apple Music quite yet, but I'm sure it'll get there soon. Brutal. He said it's on iTunes too, so okay. check that out. Yeah. What's next? Talking some NBA, I guess. Yeah, yeah, the NBA playoffs. Yeah, they're back once again. Had a bit of a roadblock. Um, yeah. Do you guys want to get into that at all? I don't. No. I don't really have anything to say. Um, no. I guess they... I'll say one thing on it, and uh, I think that they have the right to protest however they want. Yeah. And I can't. I, and I can't tell them how to feel about the events that have been taking place. Yeah. And if that's what they feel is right, then I support them by all means. Yeah, I agree. Well said. But back to the. But bas- nevertheless, I'm happy they're playing basketball. Exactly. Again. No, I and I couldn't be more ecstatic <laughs> that it's back. Um, but you know, like like I said, I can't tell them how to feel. Yeah. And uh, but I'm glad that they decided to finish the season. Yeah. Back in the uh, into the normal basketball realm, the new normal basketball realm, the bubble, <laughs> the bubble. Uh, right now we're looking at a three-one lead that the Lakers have on the Portland Trail Blazers. Yep, and it's going to end at. Approximately 11 p.m. tonight. 11 p.m. tonight. The series will be over. <laughs> the series will be over. Uh, the Portland Trailblazers' best player, Damian Lillard. Is back in Portland. Is back in Portland. Has <laughs> left the bubble. Uh, hurt his knee in uh, game four. Hurt his knee towards the end of game four. Yeah, and already hurt his wrist in game three. So And uh, his finger also won game. So he's a little banged up. Yeah. and uh, But nonetheless, he is their best player. So this game, this series will be over quick. I believe I called it in six. Noah, do you remember what you called it in? I said Lakers in five. You said five, so you're you're on the money. After game one, I told everyone, I said, "Hey, the Blazers have to win one for the Lakers to win in five. <laughs> I was, I was, and I was shocked by the the overreaction of everybody. Oh, Charles Barkley, oh, Charles Barkley, <laughs> Shaq, anybody out there? I mean. I'm sure Skip Bayless was in there, too. Oh, goodness. Oh, Trailblazers in four. Trailblazers in five. They're winning this series. And I was like, you guys, I... No. There's no way. No. You got you got two top... Probably top five, I guess. Maybe. Players in the NBA on the Los Angeles Definitely Lakers. top... T- we'll just say top ten for so there's no controversy. <laughs> two top ten players in the league on one team going up against one top ten player. You know? And... With a better supporting cast at times, you know. And one of those top ten players on the Lakers happens to just be LeBron James. Who is, who is arguably the greatest player of all time. And arguably the greatest playoff performer of all time. Yeah. And so. which is a little more uh, controversial than the greatest player of all time, I'd yeah, say. But we're not getting into that right now. But, I mean, this series went exactly how I expected it to go. I was not worried for one moment. Yeah, no. I did not expect the Blazers to win game one. I thought they would get like game three or something. 
Yeah, but nevertheless, here we are. On the other side in the 1-8 matchup, Milwaukee also lost game one. And uh, there was less of an overreaction on that side. Yeah. I don't think anybody thought that no. the <laughs> that the Magic were going to no. take that series. I I believe you and I both... Did we both say Milwaukee in four? I, I did. I, I, I definitely did. I said Milwaukee in four. Thoughts, Mathis? I'm just... I'm just here, man. <laughs> I'm just here. I mean, I, I'm excited to get to watch any kind of sports, honestly, yeah. but I'm not too invested. In who's, the... who's your team these days, Mathis? NBA? Yeah. Um, I've been a Bucks fan for about two years now. Oh, my goodness. We're about two years now. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't really have a team. I just I just like watching, watching a, people play. You a Suns fan after the restart for, there for a little bit? Hey, don't, hey D-Book, he's underrated. It's our year? <laughs> it's our year, baby. <laughs> All I'm saying is, you remember a couple years ago in the college football uh, world where UCF, I believe, yes, won, went undefeated, didn't make either yeah. the playoff or the uh, BCS. I forget which era this was. It was the playoff, yeah. But uh, and they claimed themselves as national champions. Yeah. Can the Phoenix Suns no. claim themselves no. bubble champions? No. No. Why? Because they win. No, everybody else has lost a game. It doesn't matter. Why can't they win the bubble and not go to the playoffs? That's just how it was set up. Nah. Everyone knew how it was set up beforehand. <laughs> we all knew this. It was a long shot from to get in. So they did exactly what they had to do. What they had to do. Yes, exactly. But for them to get in, other people had to lose. It so, wasn't just they win all the games they get in. They knew going in that other teams had to lose. I, mean, yeah. I think you go undefeated in the bubble, you should be in. Well, it's they just had, a bubble. Well, and they had it set it's eight up. Games. They had it set up to where you know, when you get close, you could have the playing game, and they were just right outside of that. Yeah, that was strictly so Zion could have a chance to, to play the Grizzlies. Yeah, and this is, this is why, people. This might not be a popular take. I think we should just go to a straight one through sixteen seeding in the playoffs. Because I would personally rather see a team like the Suns, who caught fire in the bubble, who are remarkably better than a team like the Orlando Magic. No offense to them. You think the Suns are getting one on playoff Giannis? Yeah. <laughs> easy. 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 I don't know about easy. The The Bucks have not played well No. in this but, first whoa, round. Whoa, whoa. Chris Middleton has not played well. Chris Middleton has Let's not played well. Way. He's played just about as well as Mr. Playoff P over yeah. on the other side of the what bracket. That's when you start an Aggie. But uh, I think, I mean, list them 1 through 16. I don't know where that would put the Suns, but I I say... Probably 16. Let's go ahead and ditch the East and the West as far as the playoffs go. And let's put the best 16 people out there. And that's how we're going to get the best product. Well, actually, I don't know where... The, I don't think that would put the Suns at 16. That might put the Pelicans or... Or no, that might put the Spurs at 16. Yeah, because, I mean, you think about it. The Nets and the Magic don't make it. And two more teams are boosted up. Are they both below the Suns right now? Did the Suns win enough games in the regular season? I would imagine so, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I know what you're saying. We need podcast pipes in the producer's room to get us them stats. We need podcast pipes. He always brings a a different level of enthusiasm (laughs) to the podcast. (laughs) He's not here, though. But, I mean, if we're talking playoffs, what 1 through 16, well, I don't see a problem with that. Except for the tradition of the East and the West. Yeah. And I mean, who knows? That may happen one day. It may not. 
I don't really think I would lose sleep over the decision. No. If like it, if it went, if it was proposed to Adam Silver today, I wouldn't lose sleep over whatever he chose. I don't know. I kind of like the, I kind of like watching the Western Conference playoffs and being very invested in it, and then flipping on, uh, flip, going over to the next channel for the Eastern Conference playoffs and making fun of the East because it's not as good as the West. <laughs> oh, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Well, coming up, the four-five seed in the East was uh, Indiana Miami. I thought that was going six. We both thought that this game was going to be a more that this series was going to be a lot more interesting than it was. Yeah. And Indiana's banged up. You know, Oladipo's dealt with some stuff. Sabonis has dealt with some. Uh, I'll be honest, I had not watched a full game of that series uh, just because of the the timing. The timing was of the weird. Game. I I had uh, I'd watched it. I watched a couple games of it. Miami's good. Oh, yeah. They're going to give the Bucks a run for their money. They will. And I am going to need to do some research once this first round is all over. But, look, there's a good chance I pick Miami to go ahead and take the Bucks. Um, I'm still picking the Bucks, but then I'm not picking the Bucks against the Celtics. Yeah. So, um, my, uh, don't sleep on Miami. Yeah. No, don't. They, Jimmy Butler's very good. Bam, very good. They got young guys, Hero, Robinson, yeah, uh, Jones Jr. They got the leadership in Drogic. Oh, they've also got none. Uh, it's a good team. It's a good team. Oh, Linick, <laughs> Kelly playing Olenek. great, playing some good, playing some good backup five minutes for him. Uh, watching those games towards the end of them, I'd say you know three, four, five minutes left. The Pacers are within ten. They're yeah. they're coming up close. They were close games. And then it seemed like those that last four minutes hit, and they just ran out of gas, or they Jim, or they buckets didn't, <laughs> yeah, or they just didn't want it. I the the urgency wasn't there for the Pacers, and that's why you see they got swept. Sweep. They got swept right out yeah. of the playoffs. I was not expecting a sweep, but but it is what it is. Down another um, series we weren't expecting a sweep: Boston and Philadelphia. Yeah. Did we call five or six? I, I bet I called six. I can't remember what I called on it. Uh, we already knew Ben Simmons was out. Uh, I bet I probably said... I definitely didn't say four. I don't know what I said. But, I mean, after that first game, I probably would have changed it to four if I could have. Yeah. Just because Boston looked so much better than Philly. Just... Joel Embiid cannot play a full NBA basketball game. Apparently, he, d- he doesn't have the gas. No. He's coming in, and he doesn't have the he doesn't have the heart. Oh, um, and it's disappointing to watch because we'll he see could what be... Philly does. Because Elton Brand said he's not interested in trading either Joel or Ben Simmons, but <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, for me, you got, you got to try to try to get rid of Tobias somehow. You got to get or, rid of his contract, or Horford. Horford, Horford's contract. Or else you're not bringing in anybody. Either of them. And and Elton Brand inherited a tough salary cap situation when he got into that. Oh, yeah. Brett Brown's gone. I imagine that whoever they hire as the coach for this next year gets another run at it. Yeah. They they run it back with the team that they have now. And then starts the process again. Was the process a success? Can we say it's been a failure yet? It's been a failure. I think is it not a success until a championship is won? I don't know. They had a team with Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, and Joel Embiid didn't make the conference finals. Uh this year injuries whatever, Brett Brown's gone. It didn't work. I I mean I'm done with it. I'm in the 
trade Ben Simmons for what you can get for him or trade Joel for what you can get for him. I think it's got to be Joel. I think it's got to be Joel. Ben Simmons, the only superstar I've ever seen not improve anything. (laughs) Ever. He just hasn't got a shot. He he just doesn't improve. But here's the thing. I'm more confident running a Ben Simmons-led team than a Joel Embiid-led team. Oh, I am too, because you never know what Joel's going to give you. You know what you're going to get from Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons tries. Yeah, you know he cares. He he seems like he cares. (laughs) And uh, that is just... I mean, that's just what it is. It seems like Ben Simmons cares, and it seems like Joel Embiid doesn't sometimes. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, Houston, OKC, tied 2-2. I really want to see OKC crash and burn. I don't like them. You would rather OKC crash and burn rather than Houston. I want Houston to win this series and then get swept. Next series. Does that make sense? Yeah, <laughs> I get that. If Houston does win, it'll be a very interesting matchup. Houston. These are by far my two least favorite teams in the playoffs. But I like James Harden a lot, and I don't have anything against Russell Westbrook. And I like P.J. Tucker, and I like Austin Rivers. That's fair. I like I like Mike D'Antoni. I just do not like the Rockets as a whole. What about Robert Covington? He's fine, terrible in 2K. Yeah, terrible well, in 2K. I change his position. Yeah, I don't, don't play him at that power forward. Move him down to small forward. I mean, if you put him small forward, his overall drop or his overall goes up goes up from 80 to an 85 yeah but i don't like daniel house he's an aggie we don't mess with that let's run through a list of uh nba players that Noah doesn't like because they're uh texas a&m alumnus it's probably just chris middleton daniel house and deandre jordan oh and alex caruso that's it yeah that's off the top of my head there's probably more nfl players anybody mike evans miles garrett Johnny Football. I think more people <laughs> think more people don't like Miles Garrett for other reasons. Yeah, well, he hit, he knocked Mason Rudolph up over the head, and you know Mason Rudolph was probably in the wrong with his language. Um, but a football helmet to the head—it's tough. Come on. I mean, yeah. Caden, what would happen if someone hit you in the head with a football helmet during a football game? I mean, I would I would take my I would take my helmet out of their hands, throw it on the ground, then proceed to just destroy them. <laughs> Go ham. Hey. Easy. My bad. Hey, uh, so Boston, Toronto. Next series, Noah, how many How many games? Seven. Seven. Boston seven. and seven. Yep. I got to say Boston and six. I don't know, man. Toronto's defense is so good. They are good. They are good. They got to defend uh, three high-caliber st- scores, if not more. And I, I mean, you're looking over there. Who, who's going to be their guy to go get them a bucket? Pascal. I mean, yeah, and that's the problem. They Pascal. don't have one, which is why I'm picking Boston in the end. Over under six charges, Kyle Lowry takes during uh, the series. Over. 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 Because it's going to go seven. And so you, one a game is pretty fair. At least, yeah. I bet the Clippers beat the Mavs game six with no Porzingis. Uh, I really want Denver to force a game seven. I don't want Utah to win. Why not? Cause, bro, Gobert ruined it for all of us. Yeah, but we get a new, a new hard feelings bro. form of the bubble. Hard feelings. Have you watched any of those games, mm-hmm. Caden? Have you? Uh, the the Denver and Utah games. Can't say that I have. No. It's surprised me how 
not good Denver is. It's surprisingly bad basketball just kind of all around. Yeah. You got the two-man game that Jokic and Jamal Murray have been running, and then you got the two-man game that Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert have been running. And other than that, Mike Conley hits a couple threes. Michael Porter Jr. hits a couple threes. And that's basically the game. There's not a whole lot else that goes on. And the problem with Denver is that they're a team full of defensive liabilities. You know, Jamal Murray can't really defend. Michael Porter Jr. has no excuse for it, but he can't defend. He's young. This is his first year actually playing. He's so athletic. Yeah. Jokic can't defend. And this is my question. Watching these games, is Jokic good enough defensively to actually be the centerpiece on a team? I mean, it's a tough question. And from what I've seen, it's no. That doesn't mean that he can't improve. He's still decently young. But right now, I don't think that Denver team is going anywhere because he's he's their five... He's the guy that's got to hold it down in the paint, and he's not good enough to do that yet against some of these scorers like a Donovan Mitchell. Even Michael Conley has been, I mean, getting to the paint, getting yeah. to the basket at will. I just don't I just don't know if he has it in him to stop some of these premier drivers and finishers. Yeah, and I mean, what's going to be interesting is, let's say next year we get a matchup uh, with Denver going up against maybe Minnesota with D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Jarrett Culver, Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, I mean, Cat would have a field day in that series. Yeah. And I'm just using Cat as an example, and I did say that the Timberwolves were going to pick Anthony Edwards number one overall. We'll see if that actually happens. But I mean, we'll see. That's just my prediction. Um, but, I mean, even if they went up against, uh, like, the Lakers, Anthony Davis would destroy Jokic. Yeah. LeBron would. Oh, yeah. I mean. Well, I'm, I'm just talking bigs right now. Right, right. But, yeah, he wouldn't be able to. The way Anthony Davis can pass the ball, the Lakers would torch them. Same with the Clippers. So, uh, the 2-7 matchup in the West, the Clippers and the Mavericks has been super fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Luka Doncic is coming into his own. Yeah, the buzzer as, beater was insane. As a superstar uh, in the NBA, that buzzer beater you just mentioned – uh, the first time in a long time I was watching a game and uh, something excited me so much that I actually jumped out of my <laughs> chair in excitement. Uh, well, I was in a room full of diehard Maverick fans when it happened. Yeah. It, it was a sight to see. I, I it imagine. It was a sight to see. I imagine. There, it, there were some very aggressive movements whenever that happened. Our, our buddy Podcast Pipes, he shoved one of his roommates very hard into the couch <laughs> out of one? excitement. Nick. Nick. Nice. They both stood up. They were screaming. Nick was yelling at the TV. Pipes was just yelling at everybody. And then podcast Pipes just looks at Nick and just shoves him <laughs> right into the couch. It was awesome. It was one of the funniest things I've seen. And the fact that me and our buddy Matthew weren't recording because we knew what would happen if Luca hit that shot. We yeah. knew these two would go insane. Yeah. Neither of us thought to pull our phones out, and I, we were both so mad. At and that's that. tough because that is the video opportunity of a century. Yeah. Cause, I mean, that's playoff basketball. That's the playoffs against a very good team. Yeah. And uh, that series is over. The Clippers are gonna are gonna take them in the next. I think game. it's gonna be a good game six, but I think the Clippers are gonna pull it out. It's uh, it's tough because you think uh, if you go back to game one and those soft technicals that Kristaps yeah. uh, Porzingis got and got tossed and then mm-hmm. they lost their momentum and ended up losing the game. And think back to that game and you think, man, what could this series have been? It's still been super entertaining to watch, super fun, and yet it could have been better. And that's tough to that's yeah. tough to I don't digest. Yeah, which I mean for me personally. 
I'm a big Kawhi fan uh, from his San Antonio days. Naturally. Naturally. Uh, I've, I've forgiven him for leaving, uh, even though it was San Antonio's fault mostly that he left. But still, I forgive him. Uh, but I'm also, I also really like the Mavericks. You know, I like Luka. Um, I don't have any problems with Porzingis. I really, I really like Seth Curry. I don't like Justin Jackson. He went to UNC. So that's an, that's another school another, that produces players school. I don't like. Let's go ahead and lift, list those players well, That off. would take a whole lot that's longer. <laughs> we'd have, we'd have to pull up rosters, and yeah. I would just go through name by name. Tell you, oh, no, yeah, he definitely went to UNC. Don't like him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Michael Jordan's one of the few UNC grads that I like. What about uh, Psycho T? Psycho T? Tyler Hands, bro. Oh, oh my goodness. I've never heard him called that before. You never heard Psycho T? No. You know, I do you not know, like him. You know where that comes from, yes, though. Yes, I he do. He's got that look on his face. He's yes. Got, he's got them big eyes. Especially with his nose dripping blood. Yeah, no, I do not like Tyler Hands, bro, <laughs> at all. Do um, you like Grayson Allen? Oh, I love Grayson Allen. Wow. He's a dog. No, he's not. He popped off in the play-in. Grayson Allen is he's good. Grayson Allen punk. has been surprisingly useful for yeah. those uh yeah. or was surprisingly useful for those uh the Grizzlies. Yeah. That Grizzlies I'm proud team. of him. I think he's grown up. Caden, do you is your loathe of Grayson Allen um just because of the incident in college or does it go deeper than that? Oh, I don't loathe him. I just think he's a punk. Yeah. Oh, you didn't ask that question. Ask me if he's a punk. I said, do you like him? I do like him, but he's nah. a punk. See, he's definitely a punk. No, you I think like he's a punk? punk? Yeah. yeah. If I like a player, it's on his character, not his playing ability. Because I never had the greatest playing ability. Okay. So you had that character? Yeah. Well, I mean, I like Christian Leitner, but I, I'm never going to stand here and convince someone that he wasn't a punk. <laughs> I mean, I watched the documentary, I Hate Christian Leitner. Leitner. It made me hate him and love him so much more. Even more. There's something about a, such a, a a character like Christian Leitner. Yeah. And he's so, like, you, you hate him so much and you dislike him so much. It almost makes you like him. <laughs> yeah. Like all over again. Like Grayson Allen's the closest thing we've had to Christian Leitner since then. There, there's a difference between a fierce competitor and a punk. And Grayson Allen is a punk. What was Christian Leitner? He's a fierce competitor. No, <laughs> no, no about that. Christian one. Leitner was stomping on people's throats. <laughs> hey, that's what our. That's like saying that's like saying the Bad Boys Pistons were just fierce competitors. Yeah, no, the Bad Boys were punks. I do like the Bad Boys. No, I do too. I do too. But everything they did, they did it intentionally. Oh, they were yeah. trying to take oh, your yeah. head oh, off. Yeah, completely. They, they had to. They had to, man. Michael Jordan was that good. I'm not saying it's not genius. I'm not saying it wasn't genius and that yeah. they, they I mean there's the reason Chuck Daly is in the Hall of Fame exactly. right now. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Y'all buy that story. You remember the Bad Boys Pistons, thirty for thirty. Y'all buy that story that uh Isaiah Thomas was just sitting out on the dock one night and that's when he came up with the Jordan rules. I don't remember that part of the I mean, I've watched the thirty for thirty. <laughs> yeah. But I don't That's when he came up with it? I thought Chuck what, Daly came up with it. Uh, Isaiah Thomas said that. He only said that because Chuck Daly's not alive. And to defend himself, yeah. to take back what is rightfully his. Yeah, Isaiah Thomas has to get as much press as he can because Jordan has taken so much away from him. Yeah, I mean, that's tough. Tough for them. Yeah, I mean, they won two rings, and all people remember them for are something that they did to Michael Jordan because it was Michael Jordan. And they have two championships. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, a little basketball history. How much of the the last dance do you think was a bit of revisionist history? Was what history? Revisionist history. Can you walk me through what you mean by that? Yes. Like, 
Hey, Caden, you no, got I, it? I, I, go ahead. Like, looking back and being like, okay, we're going to tweak this a little here. Uh, oh, okay. I get here. what you're saying now. Make Michael Jordan, the yeah. legend of Michael Jordan, rise up a little mm. bit. Revisionist history tends to, like, be more critical rather than praising. Okay. If that makes sense. I mean, I was expecting there to be some things that made Jordan look bad during the last dance. And they found a way to to mention his faults right. and his setbacks, but not in a way that made him look bad right. at all. Because they threw in the little tidbit where he said, I don't have a gambling problem, I have a competitiveness problem. Yeah. And everyone was like, oh my goodness, this guy is the most fierce competitor we've ever seen in our entire life. No, he has a gambling problem. He does. <laughs> but if, any, if anybody else does the things that he did... yeah. Uh, it's a gambling problem. Michael Jordan does it now. He's just competitive. Yeah. And so, I mean, probably quite a bit, but I still enjoyed it very much. Did you guys buy the the pizza story for the, the food poisoning? I don't know. I want to. I think that's genius of Utah. I don't buy it. I have not seen The Last Dance yet. Come on, Mathis. Sorry, it's on Netflix. I've been meaning to get to it, but I just haven't. So, so hours. the legendary Michael Jordan flu game. was just food poisoning. They came back and said that it was just food poisoning. He wasn't actually sick. The, um, the, have you ever had food poisoning, Kate Kilo? My bad. Not actually sick with the flu. Sorry. Have you ever had food just, poisoning? I actually have I've not. had salmonella. It is terrible. Terrible. Food poisoning is awful. Right, then why... Well, yeah, I'm not taking anything away from food poisoning. It's, it's worse than any flu I've ever had. Yeah. But I haven't had COVID-19, so... Is COVID-19 still count as the flu? Uh, we count it's flu-like it? symptoms. It's influenza? Isn't it? It's a respiratory disease. Is yeah. the flu a respiratory disease? Couldn't tell you. Hey, you were pre-med for a little bit. Come on. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. I didn't take illness 101. <laughs> But but uh, they claim it was just food poisoning, that they ordered a pizza uh, from a, a place in Utah, got it delivered to the hotel. The people in the pizza place may or may not have sabotaged it, gave them food poisoning. I just don't understand why they... Because the conspiracy theory that's out there is that he was out partying all night and he was playing hungover. That's the conspiracy theory that's out there. I don't understand. It seems to me like coming out with the pizza story, why has nobody else ever heard of that story in the years past? Yeah. Why is this the first time we're hearing about it? If that's what really happened, first off, why did they let it call why did they let it call it the flu game? I think because food poisoning sounds wimpier than flu. Does it though? I don't know. Cuz I just said that I just uh misspoke and said that Food poisoning wasn't a real sickness, and you jumped on me. I mean, it's it's awful. You just feel like you have to poop the entire time. Yeah. Till you get over it. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't buy it. A little bit of a tangent there. You don't buy it. I don't buy it. You think he was hungover? Yeah. I mean, he dropped forty, so it doesn't matter really regardless. <laughs> it doesn't matter regardless. Okay. Well, no matter what he had, regard like props to him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Caden Mathis, who's the greatest player of all time? I, I, I honestly don't care. <laughs> I, I really don't. I mean, I could, I could easily say Michael Jordan or LeBron James or going to be Steph Curry. Like you could easily like, <laughs> like, I'm not that invested into it. Nice. Yeah. 
I am kind of at that point too now. I don't know. I think there's a, a hard line between the greatest and the best. Yeah. And uh, it's hard to beat. You've given that spill on the radio before. Yeah, it's hard to beat Michael Jordan's legacy. It's it hard is. to beat that. It is. It's hard to beat that. LeBron's chasing it. LeBron's doing a good job of chasing it. Not able to be penetrated. Traded. There we go. Yeah. All right. It's time for everybody's favorite segment on the Presidential Suite podcast. Once again, thank you guys for listening. The relationship advice. What you got for us, Cade? I got a couple. We can do as many as we want, but uh, I got two. I got two funny ones. Okay. So uh, this one tackles the uh, the dilemma of the word simp. <laughs> nice. And to be or to simp or to not simp. This one says, my boyfriend and I have been together for seven months, and it's been great. I joined his friend group and befriended the other two girls in the group. Um, one, and befriended the other two girls in the group. Uh, T, is what they're calling the boyfriend, is a lovely guy. An example of is that his girlfriend asked for a glass of water, and he'll say, sure thing, babe, and get one for her. Oh, so T is another guy in the uh, is in the a group. different goo guy in the group with a girlfriend, not okay. this not this girl's boyfriend. My boyfriend, however, ins- and his friends make fun of T consistently for being a simp. They insist that doing anything nice for your girlfriend or admitting uh, any love at all for her means you're a simp. He's getting to the point where my boyfriend does not hold my hand while walking because he doesn't want to be a simp he uh he's affectionate at home or when he's just with me i know that he loves me but i've asked him uh to do a face mask with me like the the spa stuff yeah and uh he declined without giving a shot because that would be quotes being a simp what is going on (laughs) when did showing affection or being nice to your girlfriend become (laughs) being a simp how can i get him to stop thinking being a simp is a bad thing you want me to go? Go ahead, and I think here's give, my- a, give a running definition of simp, mm. because it seems like well I, that kind of gets into it because it seems like these guys have it a little twisted. Go ahead. So for me, if it's your girlfriend, it's not simping. That's that's my opinion. Is if it's your girlfriend, it's not simping. You need to treat your girlfriend right. You know what I mean? Obviously, treat all women right, but. I think if it's your girlfriend, you're not simping. Caden Mathis, thoughts on this? So do y'all remember like early high school, late middle school when being whipped was the was the term? <laughs> yeah. that yes. Is, that yes. is today's simp. Yeah. Like that's today's simp definition. I think it's I think it's along the same lines as Noah, you know. It's just I don't I don't say it and never mean it. I just say it because it's ironic and hilarious, honestly. It's, uh, it's just like, a funny word. Yeah. It sounds like the people in this, uh, the people that wrote this and the people that this story is about, it sounds like they're about 16 years old. I was old. about to say oh, 16 yeah, years. It sounds like they're young. It sounds like they're very young and that the guys are uh, way think they're way cooler than they actually are. Yeah, yeah. I, I, if I ever say it, it's because of the definition and how it's like misconstrued and all that. And I just say it just to be funny. Yeah, but, and it's funny because, I mean... In my eyes, being a simp is just kind of being a good guy for what it's turned into. And, and I think it's funny. Yeah, like go after her, you know, like do whatever it takes, honestly. Yeah. Treat people right. If she yeah. asks for a glass of water, go give her a glass of water. How, how long can it take sometimes, Mathis? It can take a long time. <laughs> how long can it take, Kate Killa? As long as, you, as long as you can hold out, you know? Yeah. As long as, long as it needs to. Yeah. Hey, uh, another question. You do you. Exactly. Is holding your girlfriend's purse for her in public, is that a simp move? I'll is that honest. is that too far? 
I don't like doing that just because I don't like having things in my hands. Yeah. You know, I got my pockets for a reason. What uh, if it's just like a quick thing? Like, hey, hold this. I got to go to the bathroom. Oh, well, then I'll do it. Yeah. I think I rock it sometimes, too. You put it over your shoulder? Yeah, sometimes. Meredith carry a purse a lot? No, not ever, actually. Faith just carries this little handbag thingy, which is too bulky. Meredith's got like a wallet and her keys and like a pepper spray thing. And like, it just it's all like this one huge ball <laughs> that she just carries around nonstop. And I'm like, that has to be terrible. <laughs> there has to be a better way to do that. <laughs> Girls' hands are always just like full of something. Yes. Like, why don't they have pockets in their pants? I don't. Why do they always have a drink in their hand? Shaking the ice. <laughs> <laughs> and chomping on that ice after they finish it, too. <laughs> Munching. Relationship advice round two. Hey, my advice to that guy. If you're out there listening, quit being a, a, a jerk. Quit being anti-simp. Yeah. Be, Be a nice simp. to your girlfriend. Hey, simps always win. That's what I want to say. All right, next one. Uh, the title of this is My Girlfriend, who's a 25-year-old female, repeatedly insists that I redo my proposal over and over, and I'm running out of patience. I, a 24-year-old male, proposed to my girlfriend, she's a 25-year-old female, in late 2019, after two years together. Admittedly, now I think back on it, and it wasn't the most well-thought-out or planned proposal, but it was mostly spontaneous and came as we were sitting on the couch watching a movie. And I didn't even have a ring at the time. Yikes. Yikes. At the time, my girlfriend said that she would love to marry me. But she had been looking forward to a more elaborate proposal. And I ensured her that I would sort something out. A month later, after shopping for the perfect ring, I set up some candles. And when she was coming home one day, think Chandler and Monica proposal from Friends. Um, nice. And I asked her again. Well, my girlfriend loved the ring, thankfully, and I teared up with happiness. And she said she really appreciated the effort, but what she meant by elaborate was something original that she could tell her kids about one day. She mentioned the name of one of her friends whose boyfriend we both know proposed by making a huge video montage of their time together and putting up on a projector. I decided to start over, and uh, in February, I planned a three-night trip away to our favorite city. This time, I spared no expense, ordered all the extras, five-star hotel, photographer, even an opera quartet. I didn't even know opera quartets were a thing. Wow. Wow. I've only seen quartets like in San Antonio. I mean, there's Which like the- Which would be the, what are they called? Mariachi bands? Yeah. Oh. Also like uh, barbershop quartets, yeah, bar just a bunch of little tiny white dudes. Yeah. Hello, my baby. <laughs> go off, Mathis. Let's yeah, go, baby. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so when I asked her to marry me, she said yes, and she genuinely told me she didn't think now was the right time. She was worried about our future, COVID-19, and that the proposal that the proposal right now would not be a good memory for her. Next page. Since then, I've carried, I've carried the ring around. Uh, with me most almost everywhere and at this point i've even tried involving my girlfriend in some of the proposal plannings asking where when how she'd like us to get engaged and how and what would make her happy however she has told me all that she has told me is she doesn't know exactly what she's looking for and i'll know the right proposal when it comes from my perspective this is hugely frustrating since all our since 
in other respects, she's assured me she wants to begin our lives together. Last week, I thought I'd bite the bullet again. After cooking her a homemade meal, I asked her to be my wife, and she asked me if I was, quote, trying to propose again. And I asked her what was wrong with that. Once more, she told me that she cannot wait to marry me, but still, it wasn't quite the proposal she needed. Honestly, at this point, I'm frustrated, and I realize that my girlfriend might come off as pushy or high-maintenance in this post, but I love her very much. And in day-to-day life, she's honestly the most understanding and chill person to be around. However, I do not understand why she is acting this way and what I'm supposed to do to satisfy her with the quote-unquote perfect proposal at this point i'm confused and running out of patience how do i deal with this well she definitely sounds high maintenance um wow that would be frustrating i mean at the same time one i feel like she's being a little too high maintenance about it and then he also he has to know her personality you know, if he's proposing to her, I would hope he knows her personality. Right. And so he should know better, you would think. So I don't know. I feel like I feel like neither of them are right. It's weird. Obviously, his first proposal go around was very underwhelming. Yeah, that's what I was going to comment. He might have just jumped the gun a little bit. Right. He might have just like, he just said it. He didn't really mean it, you know? Yeah. It's just one of those things. Yeah. But then, you know, the next month came, he did the Chandler and Monica thing. I feel like if it's right, if you, if you really want to marry this dude, that's good enough, right? I would think so. If that was me, that'd be good enough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If that was me, probably just the laying on the couch thing would be good enough. I'd be like, all right, that's chill. You we're know? guys, you know? Yeah, we're, we're guys. guys. <laughs> and, and also, being a guy comes with an understanding that girls expect more. They want it to be I mean, elaborate. like, when I propose, it will be large and elaborate, but that's not for me. That's eh, a little bit. But not like that. Not mainly. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, this guy's in a tough position. And and, and it's funny because it sounds like his girlfriend is this... Crazy! Crazy. Uh, yeah. Crazy. Crazy <laughs> chick. And uh, But he said he assured, you know, he assured at the end that, hey, I do love this girl. That's good. And uh, and she's honestly really cool. Dude, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. They need to sit down and figure it out. Yeah, sit down. Pictures, scrapbooks. I mean, I'm talking PowerPoint in a movie theater, okay? Get it to play as a commercial in the movie theater. Have everything surrounded, all the friends and family surrounding in the movie theater. Turn the lights on. Boom, everybody's there. She didn't realize everybody was there. She thought it was just a normal movie. Make sure her nails are done. That'd be cool. That's my, that's my idea. Hopefully Meredith doesn't listen to this. She probably won't. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think she's listened to an episode yet, but that's okay. Nice. It's all right. Faith hadn't either. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Any other relationship advice? Any burning questions? No. Silent. I think we're chilling. Chilling. All right. Last thing on the list. I have it down on the rundown as animal argument. So uh, uh, this has been an age-old meme, and it's the it's the meme that says, "Hey, pick two, and they will come to venue, and the rest are going to kill you." Okay, from our options right here, we have fifty hawks, ten alligators, three grizzly bears, seven oxen, 
One dude with a gun. Just looked like a hunting rifle. 15 wolves. 10,000 rats. Five gorillas. And four lions. Now here's the thing. The, the, the picture says, pick two and they will defend you and the rest are going to kill you. I want to do it a little different. I don't want to have the rest coming after us. I want us to say, hey, my two versus you two, yours two, who's going to win? Yeah. I've thought long and hard about this. I've gotten in some arguments with some other people. We've had good, good civil discourse. Look, I'm taking the, uh, I am taking the 10,000 rats on my team. Now you can say, hey, the rats, they're so small compared to all the other animals. Rats are still pretty decently oh, big animals. Yeah. They're big. And there's 10,000 yeah, 10, of, of them. 10,000 of almost anything can take you out. I think that's a no-brainer. You have to take the 10,000 rats. That's, that was one of mine. As well. Exactly. You got to take the 10,000 rats. Secondly, it's tough. I come down, when I'm looking at this, I come down between the wolves and the gorillas. Yeah. Some days I'm on the on the wolves just because of the sheer numbers. Other days I'm on the gorillas. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the gorillas. You're going to have to have something to have that to... You can't all be power in numbers. You're going to yeah. have something, you know, some beefy dudes on the front line. But I think the gorillas and the rats, but what's beating it on here? Yeah, I mean, when when you read that off, the two that I was going to choose were the rats and the gorillas. Uh, so now I'm trying to counter that, see what could possibly go up well against it. I think the 50 hawks would go underrated. I think they would fly under the radar. I think they're interesting. Yeah. Um, I mean, just 50 flying to you at once? I mean, come on. Poking out eyeballs? Oh, that's scary. Yeah. I mean, it'd be terrible. And hawks are big. Hawks yeah. are big. Um, I think the dude with the gun is useless. Because um, all it takes is one, especially the rifle that he's using, it's not going to fire fast. Yeah, it just looks like a normal uh, 243. Three bears. I don't. I'm not confident in just three bears with the numbers of everything else. Power for powerful animals. Yes. Grizzly bear beats a gorilla in a fight. But that's another argument. But what about five on three? That, like I said, that's another argument. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. Five on three gorillas would fight as a unit, and they have teeth. So do bears. Yeah. Bears but, have teeth too. Yeah, they're not gummy bears. Not like the gorilla. Have you seen a gorilla open its mouth? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, gorillas are Terrifying. scary. Terrifying. Gorillas are scary. I feel like if I saw a gorilla in the wild, I would, I would like, put my head down and put my hand out, palm facing up. You know, like they do in Planet of the Apes. Yeah. I feel like that. If if I was if I encountered a wild gorilla, that's probably all I would know to do. Because if I run away, it's gonna chase me down. Yeah. I think that's my best bet at staying alive. I would apologize. Well, I feel like it would. I feel like it would sense my respect for it. I would tell him that that I apologize to him on behalf of the human race for killing Harambe. Yeah, man, that's what I would tell him, and I would be scared. Gorillas are amazing creatures. I think if we're in the water, you take the ten. If you're near water, you take the ten alligators. No question. I think the ten alligators are useless. If, they're, if we're out of water, yeah. I mean, just kind of anywhere. Ah, if, if, if we're in water, they're that's, death rolling that's you. That's their element, bro. That's the only area they would excel, and they would excel well. Lions, 
I think ten thousand rats take out the alligators easy, though. I don't think it. I don't think in the water. I don't sure. think they're going in the water. Bro, they would. In the crocodile would just swim away. All I'm saying is, I think the ten thousand rats is the most powerful. Oh one yes, I'm ten thousand rats for sure. You have I'm saying to take like it. against these other ones. I think alligator in, a, in some water, bro. Because the thing is, ten thousand rats against four lions. The ten thousand rats will win. Easy. There's just way too many of them against any of these. Yeah. I mean, if if we're going one on one matchups, the ten thousand rats beats all of them. Yeah. Unless the only thing would be the Hawks because they it, could play keep away. They'd have to play yeah. the slow game. They'd have to play the slow game. That'd be yeah. a really slow game, but which the Hawks would end up winning. Yeah. Yeah. Picking up one or two at a time, yeah. dropping them from them. the sky, yeah. dropping them onto another, eating a couple of them for some refuel yeah, because they're going to be making lots of trips. Yeah, the human would die instantly. Yeah, the human has no shot, even though he has a gun. I mean, he's dying. If it's not a machine gun, then it doesn't matter. Still, even then, you know how many shots of a machine gun it would take to kill a bear? A lot. Yeah, but if you're just loading them out on him. If it's yeah. one bear, but how many bears was it? Three. Three, three bears. Yeah. I honestly want some like more options. I feel like this list is kind of small. Yeah. I also feel like the rats are way too overpowered. Yeah. If that's, you take that's the too many. If, if we you, put it down to like a thousand, then it makes it more reasonable. But ten thousand, that's that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, if you take the rats out of the equation, then it's a battle. If you take the rats out of the equation, I think I'm going with the uh, wolves and the gorillas. Yeah. I think so too. I, I, I feel like the oxen may be underrated too. See what it, I mean? Oxen are gonna charge you and then stab you with their horns. Yeah, but I still I still take a lion over an ox. I would too. Four lions. I mean, I'm still probably taking the gorillas. Cause I'm Only biased. Four lions, but you have five gorillas. Like I'm biased towards. I'd gorillas. give the lion. I'd give like eight lions. If we were revisioning this list, like four just seems a little few. I mean, the thing with the lions, though, if they swipe that paw, if they connect, it's hurting. If they connect, the head's flying off or whatever it connected with. Yeah, but I mean, a grizzly bear, would you, in, in a one on one matchup, would you take a grizzly bear or a lion? A grizzly bear. I would take like, the grizzly too. By far, right? Yeah, easy. So that's, that's just what I'm saying. Like, three grizzly bears or four lions. I'm, I'm just saying, the grizzly I'm bears. saying, give me a couple more lions. Then I the could lions be totally be wrong. I could be just disrespecting lions right now but yeah. i feel like a grizzly bear would win that i feel like grizzly bears are a lot bigger but i also feel like fast. five gorillas would beat three grizzly bears i think it would be a battle five gorillas and three grizzly bears i think it'd be a battle that would be awesome bloodshed so much blood Fight i think to the death i mean you might come out with uh like one gorilla left or one grizzly bear left but there's only one of either of those parties coming out oh, of that thing alive yeah I think there's going to be so – I think if five gorillas fought three grizzly bears – It would be a 2-2-1 two, two, fight, like two gorillas on two, bear, two bears and then one. Yes, on and the one-on-one the one, on one would be a battle. I think here's the thing that we're banking on gorillas having is a more advanced brain than the rest of these animals. And agility. And agility, right? If the, you know, the gorillas, monkeys, that species – tend to be smarter than yeah. other animals right so i think what makes the gorilla so attractive in this scenario is that they have a brain they could work together whereas you know the bears might not be so hot 
the lions might not be so good at working together. Lions are not pack animals, really. I mean, they have one lion. He's the he's the king, and he's not even the hunter. Exactly. The wolves would work good together. I yes. think the wolves are. They'd be nipping at some heels. Oh, They'd be taking man. off some ears. Well, they, the wolves they, are big too. They, they, are, they are a lot bigger than we realize. Yes, that's why I think the fifteen wolves. I mean, I can't. I that it's good. It's a good pick. Yeah. Well, I think five gorillas and fifteen wolves would beat three bears and four lions, for sure. I agree. I think I agree with that. And here's the thing. We're talking about the, the underdog of the Hawks. If you pick the Hawks, it's the slow game. It's mm-hmm. the really slow game, yeah. But I think you take the Hawks and eat, eat any of these other ones, and I think you're beating another two matchup. So I, I say, you know, the Hawks and the Bears are beating the Gorillas and the Lions or yeah. the Gorillas and the Wolves. It's the only game. problem is, like, Let's say we got the hawks in there. There's a cave nearby. You just go in the cave and wait for the hawks to come to you. And then it's game over. A cove, a hawk in a cave. Is that not good for hawks? I mean, they, they, they've lost their ability to fly up. Yeah, but I feel like 50 hawks coming at you inside of a cave, that's that's scary. That is also true. It'd be like running to like a... Like you're out running and you just run into like a school of gnats. Just <laughs> Except they're bigger. Yeah. I mean, imagine you walking into a cave and you turn your light on and you see all these bats and they're on the ceiling. Oh, yeah. That freaks you out. I mean, that, that that's a good point. It's an interesting fight. That freaks you out. The Hawks, though, it would be boring to watch them. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be boring to watch them. It would not be as fun as, uh, you know, gorillas versus the bears or gorillas we versus gorillas lions. and wolves versus bears and lions, that'd be amazing. Dude, I'll buy a ticket to that. How? Oh, yeah. what, whatever the price is, I don't even care. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd, I'd risk a life being uh, being up in the tree. Yeah. Should we make a quick tier list of these nine? Yeah, walk us through it. So at number nine, we obviously have the human. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's out. He, he's yes. just gone. He's out uh, of here. What do we want at our number eight spot? We can go with the oxen or the... I think the crocodiles I, are the number eight I, spot. I, I think we give the crocodiles slash alligators that. Just because they're so one habitat mm-hmm. oriented. Exactly. And 10 alligators, it's not that many. It's not. I mean, like, I've seen a video of, like, a leopard take out a alligator yeah. like, in the jungle. I mean, it wasn't, like, a huge one, but, I mean, like a leopard, not yeah. even, like, a big cat, like a lion or anything like that. So. Yeah. And then, so there'll be nine. We can go ox at... Set, uh, crocodiles at eight. Yeah, crocodiles at eight. Oxen o- seven. Oxen seven. I think we're kind of sleeping on the oxen, bro. Those things are stout. They are, but I guess I, they just, they don't have any other way than they got one charge. move. Yeah, they got yeah. one move. They're sure. charging you and stabbing you. And I, I mean, think look look at that belly. One scratch to the side, and they're bleeding out though. That's fair. I'll give I'll give you oxen at seven. Where we can go with that six? All right, it's gonna start to get tough. This is where, where it gets dicey. I might be sleeping on the Lions, but I think the Lions almost need to go I at was, six. I was leaning that yeah. way as well. Just because there's only four of them. Yeah, and I think, I mean, I think out of the ones that we have left, I mean, the Hawks are left. Do we just put rats at the top, the number one seed? Yeah, the yeah. rats are the one yeah. seed. Easily. And then I guess the Hawk is number two just because there's nothing to combat it yeah, at all. Yeah, just can't compete. So now. then that leaves us between the bears, the three bears, the 15 wolves, and the five gorillas. I think the bears and gorillas, I mean the wolves and gorillas are better than three bears. 
in my opinion, just because it's only three. I mean, if you're taking a one-on-one fight, one-on-one, well, 15 on three, but one-on-one, 15 wolves and three bears, who are you taking? Five on one. And wolves are bigger than people. If you're listening to this and you disagree, go look up the size of a wolf. It's bigger than you think. I mean, a full-grown grizzly bear is 800, 1,000 pounds. Yeah. Dude. And I but mean, you got five things chomping at it. But, like, just... Like, jumping one, on its head. One swipe, and it's game over. Yeah, but it's going to miss. Nah. I mean... It ain't hitting, it like, ain't hitting in five... It, it ain't going five for five, though. Let's think about this. Swiping those, yeah. swiping those wolf heads off. These it ain't going things, five for five. These things are in the wild together. Do you ever... Would you ever see wolves eating a grizzly bear? No. Would you ever see a grizzly bear eating a wolf? I don't think so. I think so. I think grizzly bears just go fishing. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could easily see a wolf, uh, a pack of wolves chowing down on a grizzly. They take out the cubs. That's fair. <clears throat> but, All right. I mean, these aren't cubs. <laughs> so, so, gorilla at five, five, is that right? So, we had uh, one. Gorilla's at six. So let's count from the bottom up. We had uh, the, the hunter, the human at, at nine. nine, then the crocodiles, crocodiles. alligators at uh, what is that? Eight, seven, eight. eight, oxen at seven, lions at six. Where so it, it comes down to now. It comes down to bears or uh, gorillas. I think five gorillas is better than three bears. Mathis, what are you? That. You're with that? I'm willing to give that. Yeah. So then we're putting the bears. At five. Wait, are yep. we putting wolves above bears? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I I, think so. I think okay. so, too. So now Just we're for at... The, for the numbers. Sake, it's between yeah. three and four. Are the gorillas going to be the third, the three seed, or are the wolves going to be the three seed? I got to take the wolves, honestly. I do. Really? I'm with the wolves. Man, see, I'm, I think I'm going to be biased and go gorilla. Fifteen I, wolves. Yeah, but it, it's only... It's only three on one. This isn't five on one. I anymore. think I think wolves. I think fifteen wolves on five gorillas has a better shot of winning than fifteen wolves on three bears. You think honestly. so? Yeah. All right. So we'll go. Rats one, hawks two, wolves three, gorilla four, bear five, lion six, oxen seven, alligator eight, and human nine. That's the official tier list. All righty. If you disagree, you're wrong. Sweet. If you disagree, <laughs> hit us up and uh, come on here and debate it with us. Yeah, and we'll tell you why you're wrong. We'll tell you why you're wrong. Or you'll tell us why we're wrong. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, I mean, there are plenty of people out there that know way more about animals than yeah. I do. Way more. So. Anything else on the on your minds today, boys? Stay safe, wear your mask. Caden Mathis. First I, first time in the studio. It's pretty pretty nice in here. It's my first time being in here. It's yeah, cozy. It's, it's pretty it's kinda intimidating. I was a little <laughs> nervous starting off, but we're good now, so hey, nice. You had to get into it. You had to get into it. Well, that is all the time that we have for today here on the Presidential Suite Podcast. 